playing the blues. Um, one thing that we talked about a little bit earlier was the basics of the blues, like maybe like a rock blues and versus, um, maybe like a jazz blues. Uh, we have Charlie Parker who wrote really kind of cool progressions and and took that, um, in a, in a seriously detailed, uh, direction with two fives and all this motion. So it's, it's nice to open it up and have that harmonic motion in the, in the blues. Uh, and it's almost a little bit of a, a challenge to have the more limited sort of, um, blues progression. Definitely. Yeah. Unless, unless you have, you know, maybe a, um, different rhythmic thing that like you were talking about. Yeah. If we can swap the rhythmic, it, you always have motion, especially for bass players. We always think we should be thinking in terms of motion. How are we getting from one place to the next? How is the tune moving forward, and how are we helping or hindering that? Um, so if like we like we just played, if it was just a straight blues, you know, oh, I'm ready to take a nap already. Yeah, now mm-hmm. if said if we can swap that kind of motion for a rhythmic figure and that becomes the propulsive element then we then yeah then we can cool i can do that all night (laughs) so would that be something that would be pre-arranged or would that be kind of on the spot oh i'm just feeling this with a drummer or could it it happen either way either either way it's like we talked about another video you know if you looking at like a second line kind of thing which is the it's the hand jive it's a new orleans groove yeah there it is um but sometimes um and you and i have worked together and you know i like to do this mm-hmm. i'm going to change the tune completely um so yeah it could be the drummer and i plotting against the rest of the band it could just be something inspiring you hear from another player where you know, instead of doing like a, you know, and then oh, we're going, okay, the guitar player or the horn player just played something kind of cool that pushed you off in another direction. And then okay. you might, you could switch to a, you know, maybe kind of a Latin. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on what's happening in the moment. In the moment. And maybe the subdivision too. That yeah. Lends itself. Yeah, and if it's a long, slow, almost torch ballad mm-hmm. kind of tempo, can't do that much. <laughs> <laughs> People yell at you when you <laughs> right. <laughs> when you try to get too creative. Yeah, but so in which case, then something like mm-hmm. that's where you are. <laughs> That's and what's going to work. Leaving it there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So it, it is completely situational. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about cables. Okay. You make cables and you have a cable company. I do. I have a company called Instrument Audio and I make custom cables. It says I spent a long, it's something I've always done, mm-hmm. but I did a few years ago sit down and really, really listen to, analyze the construction and the sound of all these different cables. And there's a lot of junk out there. Wow, is there? <laughs> there. 
Yeah. Um, but I have found a couple of companies that I'd love working with because their product is exceptional mm-hmm. and it doesn't cost a fortune. Okay. Great. So do you have equipment where you've like tested like the, the, the waves and I, I have electronic done, equipment? Yeah, and I, like I will go, I, you know, take maybe a 10 foot length or a hundred foot length or whatever, pick some standardized length and I'll measure resistance capacitance, inductance down the cable, all these things. Okay. They're all related to each other or they're all intertwined and they change behavior of the cable because the cable is as it should conduct signal purely and without editing, that ain't going to happen. So the cable becomes actually kind of a complex filter. Okay. And those three resistance, capacitance, inductance, those three things and their relationship to each other change how that filter behaves. Okay. So, yeah, so I do, I do measure it. Okay. (laughs) Check it. And I have my favorite test, which is the company, wire company I use now. Uh, The first one to ever pass it where I hook up cable and I hit it with a hammer. Okay. Just whack it as hard as I can repeatedly. So is that like a stress test? It's a stress test. If I can hear it or measure it, mm-hmm. it failed. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> the other test is putting a cell phone on it. Okay. Just laying a cell phone on the cable. Right. I found a cable that is perfectly immune to that. Nice. There's a cup. There's there's only like three on the planet that I found that actually are capable of that. That's um, nice. Yeah, that's really nice because you know you get halfway through like a slow tune like you just like if we were just playing that mm-hmm. it's a quiet room and everybody's intent and all of a sudden you hear <laughs> you know the aliens yeah. coming through your things. amp yeah um it's not cool no it's not a, good good way to get not invited back <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> so yes i tend to obsess about this but as i do everything else but um yeah it's important everything from the uh, instrument through the cable speaker yeah, it, it all has to be high quality it, it does and we have to think and this is something that I and people long before me have been arguing for you have to think of it as a system you know this this instrument does not exist it doesn't make noise by itself mm-hmm. you can't share the lovely noises you're making without cables and an amp preamp speakers yeah so you have to think of it systemically that's right uh, which is why some guys they'll they'll take their bass and they'll plug into one amp and go oh that's terrible and they plug into the next one and it sounds great mm-hmm. okay you found the match this, this system that works yeah there's a whole chain there so sometimes i'll uh practice acoustically on an arch top and that is a really quite a different thing than plugging in and oh, yeah. playing through a speaker yeah, it's something that we have to work to adjust to, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is um, and we've said it before on here. You have to practice with your equipment, mm-hmm. practice your gear. Yeah. You know, um, that's right. So and learning your system and how it works. And because, yeah, like I say, it is everything from the tuning machines, to the wood, to the strings, to the cables, pickups. Yeah. If any one of those things is off. It's just not going to sound quite right. Yeah, and if you don't like your sound when you're playing on on stage, it's a struggle because yeah. you you have to project because you're getting paid to do something. Right. 
to produce a sound, but then you you don't like what you're hearing, but you have to do that. So it becomes it, a very uncomfortable thing. Yeah, it's it becomes very self limiting mm-hmm. because you're you're fighting the sound, and as soon as that's taking your mind off where your creative energy should be going, right? So yeah, that's that's so annoying. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So your cables are part of that whole system that exactly keeps things sounding good. Yeah. And limits interference. Limits interference and it just puts out what it should, which is, you know, signal goes in one and comes out the other. Yep. As unadulterated as possible. Yeah, absolutely. So the um, next thing that we're going to do here is check out a little bit of blues progressions. Mm. So we played a blues up front, right? And there are a lot of variations to okay. to the blues, right? And we're going to look at the Jazz Handbook by Jamie Abersole. So Jamie Abersole ran camps, yeah. jazz wrote, education, wrote a million books. Yeah, yeah. he's a sax player, player, nice. really influential in the um, jazz education. Oh yeah space um the play alongs the whole that music all, minus one thing yeah that yeah. came all before iReal pro and band in a box really high quality recordings from really high quality musicians oh, yeah. playing rhythm section and you you use these books mm-hmm. uh with with the basic lead sheets basically yeah the lead paper. sheets and yeah you could get the cassettes and yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they would uh, they actually give you some of the s- suggested scales mm-hmm. to use too. So, so we're taking a look at uh, the Jazz Handbook by Jamie Abersole, and we're going to play through uh, some of the progressions to give you an idea of uh, what the different progressions may sound like. So we'll start with the most basic of them all. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like a rock, almost like a rock. Yeah. yeah. So let's begin. We'll just play one chorus. On yeah. to put those passing tones in there mm-hmm. it's a disease i can't help it right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the fun thing as far as listening like we were talking about that earlier <laughs> we did another video for the members and uh you know when you listen to someone and you're playing you know you can kind of hear where they want to go mm-hmm. and see what the you can kind of tell tell all that and that's part of the fun i think of yeah. playing um so, so yeah, there are some serious limitations mm-hmm. on on this. So, some of the other progressions that we'll talk about today, 
they kind of guide your lines. They yeah. they guide you know the baseline, maybe the mm-hmm. the improvisational yeah, there's, line. There's kind of big red flashing signs that say you're going here now. Yeah, which really really nice towards the end of the night when you're tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next one has a few different things going on, but before we get to that. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the cores and things. So if we had an F7, that I, I have this little tritone that I could play here. And then when I go to the four chord, I can go one half step lower. Just this is not all what I did, but right. um, but. Yeah. But you can kind of go, yeah, go through the F and then the B flat and then back to the F and then the C7, right? And then back to the F. So as as guitarists or, or even maybe as pianists uh, or chordal instrument, you do have this little thing, which if you're starting out uh, with guitar and you're just getting into jazz or blues, this is a good place to start. Just kind of play mm-hmm. these little these little cells here, and then you can add. So some things that I I was doing was playing maybe this F nine, mm-hmm. right, and then going to keep that same note on top. Sitting there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that becomes the B flat thirteen, right. And then go back, and then you have the um, maybe C seven. You could even just keep keep that same note. Yeah. But that's a little insight that, that you might find helpful um, if you're watching and just kind of starting out. Mm-hmm. And this is the progression, and everything else is kind of stemming from from that direction. Mm-hmm. So we'll go over a lot more of those uh, progressions and stuff. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about gear? Sure. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> tuners. You were telling me about these tuners. Tuners. Um, there's great tuners and there's terrible tuners. Okay. And we have all fought with terrible tuners. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the beginner instrument. One of the problems is the tuners are terrible. They yeah. won't hold it in tune. Or they're very coarse and it's hard to. But as you move up, you start to get into stuff that's using hip shot. Great company, Grover, great company, Schaller, another great company, or my favorite, uh, Graftech. Graftech, okay. Uh, and they make for bass and guitar. And what they've done is each tuner is dedicated for that string. Okay. So they have different gear ratios. So the idea is that one rotation is one half step on every string. That's really cool. For bass players, this is going to be exciting for you. That means you can actually tune your B and your E without sitting there tapping on it, trying to get it exactly right. You can actually come into it and it will stay in tune. This is cool. Costs about the same as everybody else's tuners. That's awesome. Uh, and they're nice and lightweight. Yep. So sometimes when I when I play along with, with playing my jazz, Fender jazz bass, um, yeah, I'm like, you can kind of feel like it's 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 not totally fluid, but you're just like yeah, it just wants to crack just, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, it just wants to do that a thing. little. And it's just oh, yeah, and uh, you can kind of hear it. And it shoots past, and then you got to come back under yeah, and, and find up it. again. And yeah, 
yeah, that's really frustrating. So that just doesn't happen. On this. No, this is, yeah, the beautiful, smooth. Um, they've got this really interesting gear shape that, that they use. Okay. So it's, there's no gear lash, so it's not sloppy. Yeah. Back in, like on the, the stock fender tuner. Uh-huh. It's kind of a mess because it is yeah, sloppy. It is. It you is know, sloppy, you can yeah. feel it catch either direction. There's a space where nothing's going on. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Same with the hip shot. Okay. You know, they're nice, they're tight, clean. Um, hip shot ultralights are kind of ubiquitous. Everybody uses them for a reason. And they, and they make bridge. They do make bridges. Bridges and saddles and things yeah, too. Yeah, they make a million things. Yeah, kind of both ends of the instrument. Graph tech, um, one of the tuners, they make the tusk a nut material. Okay. The um, T-U-S-Q. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Right. Um, which is fantastic. I've, I've bought a few of those. Yeah. They're, they're a joy to work with and they sound good. Yeah. You, know, you can cut them into shape quickly and they stay there. They're very wear resistant. Um, they do, um, bridge saddles. Okay. Um, and their thing is they do the ghost system, which is a piezo pickup system for basses and guitars where, okay. each, where each saddle, um, has an element built in and it's, then they've uh, got this. A multi-channel uh, preamp system that will you can actually hook it up to your existing preamp if you're a bass player and you have the real estate in there yeah um, or you can just use it by itself very cool yeah and send that off to if you're gonna do multi-channel or if you're gonna do the like Roland GK okay type thing nice because there's will the ghost system will interface directly to the GK same cable nice plug it up and it goes okay great yeah, I find that the piezo is really helpful for live mm-hmm. playing. Um, it's it seems very practical yeah. and works works effectively. It work, yeah, yeah. It really works. And if you're just you know for a triggering, you mean for like a synth thing, or well, just I mean just in general it? the sound of it. Yeah. Like uh, for recording, mm-hmm. I I prefer to use something a little bit different. Right. Um, either record an instrument acoustically. Uh, in the in the room, mm-hmm. but I I do find that the um, piezo it, it gives you attack. Yeah, it puts a nice attack, gives a little sparkle mm-hmm. on top. Maybe that that a magnetic pickup just isn't going. Yeah, to give you yeah, yeah. And, it, and it opens blended. You know, it, yeah, it opens up. You know, it's like go down and their very axe stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah, um, I don't know if go down is actually using the ghost. They might be. Um, Paizo got a bad rap for sounding thin, kind of weedy, and having no low end. Mm-hmm. And that's because people were trying to plug it into a guitar or a bass amp with no, no electronics there going, well, why doesn't this sound good? Well, uh, like we were talking about earlier, it's the whole signal change. You can't signal. just blame yeah, and, one and portion of it. Paizo pickups need a very high impedance. Right. Very high. Uh, some manufacturers say four meg. I find, uh, or one meg. I like four meg or ten meg. Okay, ten meg works great, especially on guitars. Yeah, like really high impedance. You really no losses. Nice. You get that clarity. Yeah. Um, so awesome. yeah, if you're using piezo pickups and you hate them, change preamp. Okay. <laughs> Just use a good one. Yeah, and I, I will mention. I know I probably talk a, a lot about Quilter, but. They are designed to handle really high impedance mm-hmm. signals, so 
I find if I if I use my um, and this is another instrument I, I plan to bring in here and maybe mess around with is uh, I've got a little electric uh, ukulele mm-hmm. which is all piezo. Mm-hmm. How do you pronounce piezo? Because I'm always pronouncing it I've heard incorrectly. It, I've I'm heard sure. it, uh, piezo, piezo. Um, and there's almost it, like an American way. Which is paizo or paizio. Paizio is not wrong. That is, that's incorrect. There's not that many syllables in that word. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, paizo is probably the closest. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll ask an engineer friend. Right. And see if there's any consensus on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually like them. I mean, they're great on upright bass. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a, a full circle on my upright. I think you have the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They work great, but yeah. you gotta have the right, the right thing to, to get loaded. Yeah, let's say with the quilter stuff. I'm looking down at quilter, which you can't see. Um, they make a lot of stuff for pedal steel players. Yeah, and pedal steel pickups, mm-hmm. you know, really high impedance. Okay, I didn't know That's that because they're so hot. Okay, and and there's the, such a high wind count. Yeah, the impedance of the pickup is very high, which means you need much higher input impedance. Okay. So, yeah. so that makes sense with the like steel air and maybe that has a mm. little bit to do with some of their engineering decisions. Oh yeah. Um, you know, Pat Quilter, I think he just likes steel players. He does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think yeah. That, and he loves Hawaiian music and. Which makes and perfect that. sense. Yeah. So yeah. So you're going to have that. So, but yeah, they, that's how pedal steel's got that bright shiny sound. It's yeah. this very, very hot high impedance pickup. Uh huh. Uh, which is why like pedal steel volume controls are different and the standard pedal steel amp is different it's, it's all to deal with that one insane pickup <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's wild cool so how about we do the another variation okay. on the blues mm-hmm. uh, just to talk about that in general uh, so again we're using the jazz handbook mm-hmm. jamie Ebersold. Yeah, which which one are we? Do you feel like doing? Uh, number five. Number five. Okay. Here we go. Just one time through the progression. Mm-hmm. So there we have just a tiny bit more motion, not, right. a, not a whole ton, but at least we have uh, we have some two fives. Mm-hmm. We have a two five there towards the end. We have the G minor seven mm-hmm. to the C seven. Yeah. So if if you're playing uh, like a, a rock kind of thing, you might even play like B flat. To a C, right? right? <laughs> yeah, there's a relationship there, kind of. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So you get, you know, and this is something that might might kind of interest folks uh, with the 
you know, if you're moving from from this and trying to get into the more jazz typical voicings, mm-hmm. you know, take your B flat chord here and mm-hmm. let go of that one and replace your root note and just put a G <laughs> under it. And there it is. There it is. Yeah. Um, and that's one interesting thing I've talked to a few students about, and they kind of enjoy this, which is uh, thinking about slash chords. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's a G minor seven, right? Uh, it's kind of like a B flat over right. over a G. Over. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that is something that you have really a lot of control over. So if if so, if somebody came along and they're like. You play the G, yeah, and all, right. the, all of a sudden, everything is G minor seven. Yeah, everything <laughs> moves. There, there is a a meme that goes around about every six months amongst bass players. Okay, that says the chord. Nobody knows what the chord is until the bass player decides what it is. Because nice. <laughs> it's I always like got it. a picture of Christopher McBride grinning. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But that's that's it. It's exactly it. Yeah. You know, it's like um, if you'll play. Play an, if you would play like an F to a F minor. F to F minor. Right. So we Just got, a real basic. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then, oh, yeah. So I could sit on the F. Yeah. But one of my favorite things is playing the third. Right. So it gives so a little motion to that. Right. So it's like an A flat six. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking. Usually, I would go like F. You know, it's like, and then I'm gonna go up, and then. Okay. You know, I so I got one flat three four. Five. Okay. Yeah. This gives me a cool place to be. Ah. Uh, yeah. And. Yeah, because if I'm at an A flat, and say we're playing the blues, where it's you know it's so it's like a minor blues. But yeah. So I'm gonna play the you know A flat under the F. Mm-hmm. Um, so the five of A flat, if we're kind of thinking that way, because I do, and E flat, which is the four of the four chord that we're playing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've got all this coolness. Uh-huh. You know, all these different plays. And we talked about this before, and I tend to spin out about this. Because um, then, you know, I've got, so, you know, there's E flat, there's our, our four chord if we're in F. Now, the third of E flat is G, which is the fifth of the fifth. Okay. You know, so I've got. Nice. It's a whole different way to move through. Yeah. The changes. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm pushing a reharmonization without reharmonizing it. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm exactly. sort of hinting different directions. Yeah, I like that. And um on guitar can do something a little similar, which is just to create motion through inversions. Right. Right. As far as, you know, playing some chords and moving around. Mm-hmm. Um and without like you said, without reharmonizing or really even changing the chord changes. Yeah. Just changing what we're using at any given moment. Yeah, we're not adding substitutions. We're not throwing tritones at every single thing that mm-hmm. we come across. Yeah. We're just, yeah, it's the inversion. It's what are we putting, you know, growing up, I learned a lot of Bach. Okay. Uh, classical, I grew up playing classical music. And one of my favorite things was uh, this book about figured bass, which is, 
these were improvised bass parts that organists yeah. would would play, yeah. which are nuts when you read through them. Yeah, uh, I mean it's just wild, um, and you start thinking about these guys. You know, sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred, fifteen hundred. Amazing musicianship to come up with these things. They're fun to play on bass. Yeah, but it makes you start to think about like Bach was great on inversions. Yeah, yeah, he could just give you a chord and a choir, and he's everything is moving around and nothing changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, we're, it, it is just playing with inversions and, and suggested motion or implied motion. Right. Nothing's changed. Yeah, yeah. And there's just a, this sort of gravity about music or, I don't know if gravity is the right word, but, you know, melodic lines and, you know, and on bass you're really playing sense melodically oh, yeah. you know and they're creating lines and um and, you know guitar and and solos there's just a certain gravity and the harmony connects with that and things want to move to these different directions mm -hmm. so um so it's pretty cool and pretty fun to play around with yeah yeah i'll do the uh the inversion trick if i hear a soloist getting a little stuck okay yeah, so they I'll, need a little I'll just nudge put, and a little. I'll just change the change the bass note. Yeah, not leaving the chord, just kind of giving them a little musical slap in the head. So yeah, yeah. Go no, here now. Go over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm nice. tired of that. Go over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so let's check out a little bit of uh, another progression here. So. This one strikes me just just by kind of looking at it as more of a um, typical uh, Charlie Parker kind of mm. uh, thing, like uh, yeah, this, blues for Alice or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you've got this book at home, and why don't you? Uh, we are looking at number ten. Yep. Right. Yeah. Which is a festival of two fives and a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. All right, so I'm gonna. Keep an eye on this so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's funny how they're written now. I mean, it is, it is, it is cool. But um, it's, I guess, when they decided to do this, they, they were just putting a lot of information in one. Yeah, one it's put in a, it's put in a chart form. Yeah, yeah. so it makes sense. So you can kind of look through and say, oh, okay, on the fourth chord, yeah, look at all these variations. So the fifth chord, look at all the variations. <laughs> Playing it is a whole different. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So we'll play through it just one time. Mm -hmm. And, uh... in there and a lot of two fives right? a lot of two fives got two yeah. two five two five two five and that gets into kind of circle of fifths oh yeah big time right yeah i mean we're for bass players you know 
So you got a bar of F, and then we got E A D G C F. Oh, yep. E A C. Yep. Yeah, it's basically the tuning of the, <laughs> of the instrument. This makes life easy. Yeah. If you forget yeah. where you're going, it's there. It's that way. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, and if you're playing a seven string bass, then you got the high F. So that's right. Nice. So you're there. But yeah, that is the cool thing about two fives is if you've got repeated two fives like that. Yeah. The instrument built it in for you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And we can look at kind of where it comes from. I mean, we get we get to that B flat. That's where we're really trying to get to. Right. Right. So if you work backwards in the circle of fists, you end up on the E. Yeah. So, so that's where it's all trying to get to, right? Mm-hmm. You're just trying to get down to that. You know that B flat. Yeah. There. So sometimes it's helpful when analyzing to just look in reverse, you mm-hmm. know, to see how, why that cascading effect ends up, you know, where, where it is. It's not random. Oh, it's, it's not really so much the starting point. It's where it ends up. Yeah. You're, you're, what's, what's your target? Yeah. Yeah. yeah how do you, how do you get there? Um, you know, that makes me think of something that I used to do that a teacher had me do. Actually, two different teachers had me do. Um, play a piece of bass music and turn it upside down and play it again. Okay. Play it backwards play and it backwards. upside down. Oh, okay. That's cool. And because it makes you, it really makes you think about the tune. Yeah. And you make some horrific sounds that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> some stuff really does not sound good like that. Right. Um, but it is a cool way to do it. Or just, you know, read it down to the bottom and then go backwards. Yeah. And you mentioned last time, which I thought was a great point. Uh, just to make make noise, make mm-hmm. sounds, make something that sounds bad, and yeah. figure it out. Yeah. How um, do you know? How do you know what's going to sound good if you don't know what sounds bad? Yeah. Which is a little simplistic, but it is the absolute truth. Right. And I think you know when I talk to uh, students about learning an instrument, uh, I always kind of encourage them to just break it, mm-hmm. just break it, and then fix it. Yeah. Try to put it back together again. And, yeah. You know, because that's you know it's it's kind of like like that you know working on a car or something and you just kind of like tinkering it's you know and then that enjoyment you know like pat martino talked a little bit about um the instrument being almost like a toy for him Mm -hmm. you know and not to make it sound insignificant i don't think that was his point but it's more like no it's fun and it's but his idea of a toy i think is a 12-sided rubik's cube yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because it's just, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he was up there. Yeah. He was up there intellectually and artistically. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's yeah. It, uh, yeah, some of his core changes, just yeah, unbelievable. But to try to kind of like sort it out, yeah. I think that's a lot of the fun. It's just. Absolutely. You know, trying to figure out why does this sound like this? Why does this want to go to this? and. Well, yeah. like, like I said last week, I think I'm going to have a t-shirt made that says, you're not going to break music. Right. <laughs> it's fine. It will get along. Yeah. And you're not going to hurt anything. Yeah. And that's what, you know, practicing, you know, just on, on your own in a room or whatever it is, you know, yeah. just have fun and just have mess fun. with it. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, so, so many of us, I'm sure you did. I got lucky where I grew up. 
the uh, the very very lucky kids because musicianship was encouraged by mm. all these wonderful music teachers. Okay. So we all knew each other. We all played together. You know, we would get together in somebody's garage. You know, we were jazz nerds. Um, yeah. And play for eight hours. Mm-hmm. Trying to break it. Yeah. You know, we play stuff and go, oh, that's cool, that's cool, or don't ever make that sound again. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, right. So if you can find like men, like-minded people, roughly at your level, but you should always play with people slightly better than you. Yeah, yeah. Or a lot better than you. That's what, um, you know, Pat Metheny sa- has said on many occasions, uh, try to be the worst guy and, mm-hmm. or gal yeah. in whatever group. Yeah, because if yeah, if you're if you're all at the same level, nothing's going to progress. Right. But if you can have a bunch of different levels playing together, yeah, yeah, there's there's movement. Things get better. Everybody gets better. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I know the first, not the first, the first club date I ever did mm. was fourteen. Was with some very 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 seasoned musicians. Mm-hmm. I got my backside handed to me okay. for four hours. <laughs> that was 50, no, 44 years ago. Uh-huh. I have never forgotten any of it. Right. Because, wow, that was, oh. Yeah. Oh, it's the most painful thing I have ever been through. Yeah. I was instantly a better player by the end of the gig, though. Yeah, yeah. Being thrown into some of those experiences, uh, yeah, it's... it's it's important, but but painful. Oh, you just want to you want to crawl down through the floor. Yeah, I just I wanted to run away and hide. It was, oh, <laughs> awful. Yeah, yeah. But it's good. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody's got to go through that. Everybody kind of does, and um, yeah, it's 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 a, a kind of a difficult experience. But um, yeah, I mean, being on stage and and feeling like you're kind of like sinking or like you're trying to keep it you know it's it's a it's a tough experience yeah it's a it's a good teacher it is it is pain and suffering is a good teacher yeah i wish we could avoid it but for that no you you really do need your butt kicked right yeah it's um i wish there was a better way but at some point performing live you're going to fail it's gonna happen (laughs) yeah something's gonna happen yeah you just uh yeah. Take it as the learning experience it yeah. is. Yeah. And just kind of just keep keep doing it. Keep at it. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, one more in store. Yeah. This one's a pretty interesting one. You picked this one out. Yeah. I. Yeah, this is just a whole mess of two fives. Yeah. Um, and what I love is this is an F. We never play F. Right. <laughs> there is no F chord involved. <laughs> right. <laughs> there is everything around it. This is like talking about the inversions and playing with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This, these changes are absolutely that. Yeah. Everything's inversions of everything else. Yeah. The only thing we get to play is the four chord. Now there is the five chord briefly. Um, in two different forms, in a minor and a, and a major seven. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, everything else, just good luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we're going to play through this one. And um, 
talk a little bit about it. Mm resolve the f <laughs> sounds nice when you do that uh-huh. that's a cool set of changes yeah it's cool it just kind of dances around it it's, mm-hmm. it's a kind of neat um yeah so the two five is very powerful mm-hmm. very important to know it keeps motion going right. uh we we talked a, a little bit about stella by starlight and mm-hmm. and how the two five and just having that constant motion really it 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 almost makes it easier yeah in a sense to create line because the the progression is telling you you know where almost where to go you mm-hmm. know where where it pulls you over here and pulls you over here so the the wealth of ideas i th- i think just kind of keep flowing yeah it's um you know because i tend to think rather graphically about things at times stuff like the first set of changes we played where it's like four bars on the one mm-hmm. and two bars on the four wake me up when it's over but it is trying to solo over that unless something rhythmically cool is happening yeah it's like walking through the desert yeah there is nothing but this vast horizon yep and you're supposed to fill it up yeah <laughs> yeah and then it, you you know you could think you could say, well, maybe just get real outside and then do it. But it's blues. It's blues, and you gotta so take you, it somewhere. You gotta come from somewhere and take it from somewhere. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's yeah, kind of it, needs to be rooted in yeah in that thing. In that thing, and where we go, where we've gone through these more and more complex sets of changes, it's like going into like a a forest that becomes more varied. Mm-hmm. We have little things we can, oh, look, we got a flower over here, we got a tree over here, a bear over there, whatever it is. All of a sudden, that desert starts to become populated. Yeah. And we have places to go. Uh-huh. We're not just counting sand grains. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, uh, is there anything else that we covered we wanted to talk about today? Oh, we've covered a lot today, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, I have yeah. one comment. I almost forgot to get to it um, about one comment uh, we had about transposing lines to maybe different songs. I mm-hmm. um, just want to make sure we got to that because I, I got that comment late last last week mm-hmm. after we had already made our video. Right. So um, I think what I'm not exactly sure on the question, but... Mm-hmm. What I'm thinking is like phrases that you could apply to different songs. Right. Let's say you got a phrase and you just really like it mm-hmm. um, and play it in a different song in a different tune on a different progression. Sure. So I guess I, my, my take on that is, well, what's strong about the line? Is it the rhythm 
because mm. if it's the rhythm, then you could adjust the notes to fit the progressions. Yeah, you could move it around. It, yeah, if it's if it is, you know, note based. If it's, if it's harmony based, mm -hmm. yeah, then you can move those harmonies. Yeah, around. Yeah. Um, so you kind of got two things happening at the same time mm -hmm. there. Um, yeah, that, that's a, that's an interesting way to think about it. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about plug and play licks. Yeah. Yeah. Because you hear guys do it and you just want to go anything else, play anything else right now. <laughs> I've heard you do that all night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think, but I think, you know, I think some people have different strengths. So some, I think some people who are like kind of linguistic, Mm -hmm. um, and like kind of think more in terms of uh, maybe language and certain mm -hmm. phrasing. I think they ben may benefit personality-wise from doing some yeah, things I mean, like that, but you'd have to have a lot of vocabulary. You have to have a lot of vocabulary because otherwise you're going to get, and everybody does this, we're all guilty of it, having those two or three favorite licks. Yeah. Because they, you know, they sit really easily. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's like down here, you know, that sits very easy again. Kind of a lazy bass part, or you know, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it fits easily, yeah, you know, instead of going, yeah, yeah, that's not such an easy thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's good to have the vocabulary, but you need a rather broad vocabulary, right? And, um, you know, I find, yeah, I'll, I'll listen back to myself just as for just just for the exercise of it and also quality control when i do videos and mm -hmm. podcasts and stuff um but i'll find that i'll have certain certain licks I'm like oh here it could even just be a little nugget or mm -hmm. or it's like i just do i do that <laughs> i do that line a lot <laughs> yeah. um we, and, we all have them yeah yeah um so you could even create variations to them you know i think that would be extraordinarily useful right you know because if yeah if you're just you know you know just, you could change the you know you can you, know, you could really start playing with you know there i just can there's three versions of roughly yeah. the same yeah you know yeah. I'm, I'm i'm hanging out in that same four four fret area yeah um so yeah so for that viewer and thanks for the comment it's a great idea absolutely we're looking for more comments yes please so maybe Questions. maybe work on um here's your here's your homework pick a couple of licks that you're comfortable with mm -hmm. and write out and play the variations yeah you know because you know, that's easy mm -hmm. you know so you go Maybe write out different fingerings, different locations on the neck. Yeah. And different keys. Yep. Different keys. So, I think that's huge. Different yeah. keys, being able to play content in different keys, all really all 12 keys. All 12 keys. Yeah. It's just so important, which is where a circle of fifths, yep. circle of fourths. Yeah. Yeah. That's just tattooed on the inside of your eyelids or something. You have <laughs> to know this. <laughs> this, is, this should yep. be like breathing. Yeah. It needs to be an automatic function. Yeah. Because exactly. as soon as you get it, you kind of go, oh, oh, look what they wrote. You, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's cool. I know what they did there. Yeah. 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 Nice.
So yeah, that's gonna be it for today. Um, thanks so much, John, for for coming out. Absolutely, and always doing, fun to be here. Yeah, and don't forget about John's uh, custom cables, mm -hmm. instrumental audio. Well, no, just instrument audio. Instrument audio. Sorry, yeah, I'm currently having audio. an argument with my DNS server, but the website okay. will be up at some point this week when we get that solved. Yeah. So as soon as we get all, or you get all that sorted out, we'll we'll just put your link in the, the in the description. Yeah, and then folks can go right to it. Yeah, and the other thing, you know, I do uh, instrument wiring. I play with wires a lot. So yeah, custom yeah. instrument wiring, and I love you know sometimes it's like I've got a bunch of repairs in this week. Okay, and it's just fixing broken electronics. Yeah, but every once in a while, somebody will call me up and go, "Hey, can you?" I love sentences that start that way. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, oh, 15 switches and, you know, <laughs> three preamps and five pickups. And yeah, sure. <laughs> let's go. Right. You know. <laughs> so, yeah. So I do. Yeah. that That's all there. It's, yeah. It's, I'm, it's just part of the system. Yeah. Got an SG with like, what are they? Some of them have like three, three humbuckers in there. Three. I've, I've done an SG that has two humbuckers and then two strat pickups in the middle. Wow. Okay. That's cool. It was a crime against nature, <laughs> um, but that's what they wanted. <laughs> it's like you have an infinite oh, yeah. things that you yeah, could dial none in. None of it there. really sounded good, no matter which. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey. Yep. Customer's always right. So, yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, so you can hit me up with technical questions. Okay. You yeah. know, if you'd like to hear, we could, you know, if people want to ask us, you know, a couple, you know, the occasional technical question. Absolutely. You and I can dive in and, you know, dealing with our instrument systems and yeah. all the rest of it. It's important. Yeah. It's, it's how we're heard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, having reliable um, uh, hookups and everything, it's a must. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, everybody, thanks again. I'll see you all in the next one. See you next time.